you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it's Friday, and I always look forward to Friday afternoons for Unique Leaders Live, and I have a special, special guest today, Bruce Pulver, and I have known Bruce for a while through Rise and Grind with Glenn Lundy and Rise and Grind Elite, also with Mr. Glenn Lundy, and we've gotten to know each other, and I cannot wait for Bruce to share his unique story, because as we know, the success is in our stories. And there's always that surprise in these stories. And I so look forward to those surprises because even though you, I think I might know a person, there's always that nugget of information. But the reason I do this show for you is basically for you to see these individuals who are so, so interesting and so blessed with their uh, accomplishments, but it didn't just happen those accomplishments and those things that they have done, such as Bruce is a published author, he and he'll share about that. He's um, a speaker, an infamous, uh, in the infamous TED Talk uh, group. So that's really an illustrious group to be in. So he has an amazing story, but he didn't just write a book and he didn't just become a TED Talk speaker. It, there is a story and that backstory leads to Bruce's success. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you my guest, Bruce Pulver. Hello, well, hi there, Megan. Hello, Megan. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me and that wonderful introduction. I sincerely appreciate it. I look forward to our time together. Absolutely. Well, today is Friday and, you know, I have a growing audience, Bruce, that says, wow, everyone's talking about this unique leaders live. And I really know that it is because people are sharing their stories and everyone has a story. And it is in these stories that people will see young Bruce and teenage Bruce and college Bruce and on and on Bruce, um, and to see the evolution of what you're doing today and your heart and the why of that. And then we have a few uh, nuggets of surprise in it as well. So let's go back to young Bruce and where did you grow up? And just to share a little bit about that period of your life. Yeah, well, thank you. And, and I, I believe everything that you said. Um, so the, the first day young Bruce is probably where it should all start, Megan. Um, uh, I was born in, in Connecticut and the day I was born, um, when my mother went into labor with me, mm -hmm. she also suffered what is called a dissecting aortic aneurysm during labor. Oh my. So the, the, the sort of the low tech version of that is as the blood leaves the heart, uh, you know, the arteries have that, that blood flow out. And mm -hmm. she had a tear between the inner wall and the outer wall of the largest uh, artery that leaves the body called the aorta. And she immediately uh, went into trauma and uh, on the way to the hospital. Fortunately, we were only about 20 minutes from the hospital. Um, immediately when we got there, uh, 
they realized that something was wrong. And as divine intervention would have it, there were two surgeons from the Yale University Medical Center that were affiliated with this hospital mm -hmm. that were, had just perfected aortic valve replacement and aortic valve surgery. So they immediately went to work on her after they C-sectioned me out. Um, and she spent the next 45 days enduring four surgeries to survive something that no mother had survived longer than 72 hours on record, which was kept back in the 1700s. Wow. So I, I say that that is the backstory because I was raised in a family where my mother was so intensely grateful to even be alive. And my father, who was really the silent patient in this whole situation, was a passionate man about words. He loved crossword puzzles. He loved to write uh, plays and poems. And that was sort of my upbringing. I was brought up in a family of gratitude and, you know, of faith and also around a guy who was a real nerd about words. That's the beginning. Uh, you know, grew up playing sports, grew up playing music. My father was a musician. I followed his steps um, when I got a degree in a minor in music and a, and a degree in marketing uh, in Tallahassee, Florida at Florida State. And then I moved to Atlanta after that and started my career in the healthcare technology business. So, so that's sort of the beginning. That, the foundation. But we're going to go back to, wow, what a beginning, though, with your mother going through, as you said, trauma. That's not just trauma, but <clears throat> life-threatening, and that your life would have been significantly different had she not uh, lived. And Absolutely. so, <clears throat> are you a sibling? Do you have uh, family members? Uh, yeah, I have an older brother, and mm -hmm. uh, he's about two and a half years older than I am. He's retired. He lives in Florida, and um, we are we are we are polar opposites. Um, he is so mechanically and technically astute. And I am not. And the way I describe our differences is I break things and he fixes things. And that's pretty much the way that we uh, our relationship works. That hand in glove, the right brain, left brain. And so it, um, now one of the things I'd like to uh, really ask our guests and our viewers to share this out, because you see that there is an amazing story to continue on. I mean, we're just scratching the surface and I'm bringing Bruce back actually. Um, so you gave a little thumbnail sketched through um, into college, but I want to bring him back. And he did just now share about the differential between his brother and he, but we'll go into his parents in a minute. But do share this out with your friends because there's going to be, such, if you've ever wanted to be a speaker, if you've ever had a desire to be a TED Talk speaker, he's going to give some nuggets here with that. So share this out and let's just continue on with Bruce Pulver and his journey. So you lived in Connecticut as a young kid and um, you have a brother who's mm -hmm. uh, older and your dad was a writer and um, a you know, that creative, that creative yes. person. Absolutely. And so you, as his son, uh, you know, obviously from a DNA position, picked up a lot of that from your father. And would you agree with that or is that? Um, we'd, ha we'd have to ask my English teachers, um, probably not as much, but uh, okay. there's, a, you know, the story continues, but no, I've, I've always, um, you know, he was, he was the guy that, that was uh, always with a, a sort of a, a corny joke, right? And it was usually word related. And I'll never forget that um, 
one of the plays that he wrote, I talk about this in my TED talk, one of the plays that he wrote, the characters of the play um, emulated their job and it related their career. Their name equaled their career. Uh-huh. So, for example, uh, the sheriff in the town that his play was, was based, her name was Lauren Order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I grew up with that. Right. I and get the, it. Um, the, the uh, head chief nursing officer at the hospital, her name was uh, Ophelia Pulse. Okay. So that's, you got to understand, that's like from zero to 16 or 17 years old. I grew up in a household where there was always something coming at me. If it wasn't dad's music, you know, come on, come listen to this record. It was usually some word that he had found or some name that he had created for a play um, that was, you know, the, the weatherman from Europe. His name was Gust of, Gust of Wind. That was his name. Oh, I love that. I love that. Gust of Wind. Oh, I like that a lot. And so your mom, is she still living? No, she died. Uh, she passed when I was 22. She lived for 22 years. And uh, dad passed um, about 24 years ago. He died, he, he died early at age 66. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but she lived that long. That's wonderful. Yes. Oh, and it was incredible. I mean, there was never a day. So a lot of times I, I talk about this, Megan, that, that I really didn't realize the blessing of the kind of upbringing I had where there was such gratitude and, you know, my dad, who was a silent patient, was so supportive and, and, you know, encouraging. And I only realized after, and I started speaking, and as I started talking and writing the book and talking and, and just getting to know other people more, that, that everyone's upbringing is different mm-hmm. and how much mine was a blessing. And then, you know, life happened to me, you know, sort of, you know, 20 years or so into my career, we can, we can talk about that. But during the period of of that upbringing, I hindsight realized mm-hmm. how much I learned from them about the importance of giving, the importance of being grateful, being thankful um, for what I have. So yes, having goals, wanting to achieve great things and, and, and you know, stretch myself, but at the same time, really trying to stay harnessed to the fact that no matter what, you know, we're enough. We're enough from the beginning and we should be grateful for that. And, you know, I'm thinking about your mom and living through that, uh, that experience. And uh, was she at all um, an invalid or did, were there repercussions from that? It was unbelievable, Megan. She would do anything that she wanted to do. She, she was a daily walker. Uh, she went to, you know, we traveled. Um, she never missed a ball game or a concert. Uh, was in great shape, uh, of course, would have annual checkups and, you know, just to make sure because there was, you know, that that wasn't something that had happened before. And she made a full 100% recovery. The only thing that they asked her to do was to stay off riding horses because they didn't know what that might do, you know, to the internal, you know, fixings of the heart that they did because they actually had to go in and do a valve replacement as well as, you know, fix all the, the aneurysms and the tears and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So with your dad being the silent patient and they having a strong relationship together, you can see how they were joyful that she was, they were together. So oh, absolutely. That's a very special. I grew up in a family where um, I call them, my parents, the notebook, you know, story, that movie and that book, mm. because mm. my father adored my mother, 
adored her and yeah. um, just really, they would have lived to, you know, a hundred. He, he used to say, Will and I will live to 102. Now they've quite almost made it. Um, she was 96 <laughs> and he was 94 and they wow. passed four months apart. So she passed first and then, you know, he didn't want to hang around without her. So, um, but you know, that relationship is so key. It's very interesting to, yeah. listen to people and like you shared about your folks. So um, then you meant it mentioned that you went to college in Florida. So did you guys move to Florida? We did. We, mo we moved to Florida when I was about seven. My mom's um, mother was there as a, uh, she was a widow. She raised um, two children after her husband had passed. She was an amazing lady. She cleaned house, she cooked, she, she was definitely a, a worker bee. And uh, I think that a lot, a lot of that trans, transposed to my parents with their work ethic and such. So, but we went down as she was getting older and, and that's how I um, kind of got involved more in music and sports, being on the West Coast of Florida, there were a lot of opportunities there. And uh, so we, we kind of grew up from the time I was seven until I went off to college uh, in the Clearwater, St. Pete, Tampa area. And so Florida was, I grew, I grew up, I, well, I did. I grew up in the Northeast on Long Island and I did live in Ridgefield, Connecticut for 10 years. Oh, wow. And, mm -hmm. and as a young married woman, yes. And my daughter, Jill, was born in Danbury Hospital. So I spent some time in, in uh, Connecticut. But in that area, yeah. Flor yes, near, not too close to Yale, New Haven, but not too far either. Uh, so Florida is very different than Connecticut on many, on every level. So it offered you, like you said, to be outside and have a very, uh, you know, good life out in this, you know, in the Florida sunshine and sports. And then you went to college in mm -hmm. Tallahassee. And what did you major right. in? I majored in, I majored in marketing uh, uh, and uh, minor in music. So I uh, spent a lot of time at the music school and a lot of time at the business school thinking that, uh, you know, that was an area that I would want to pursue. And uh then I will tell you that there was sort of a calling, um, some opportunity from the from the music, from the business school to pursue some opportunities in the healthcare technology industry. And I just really felt that that was a calling for me because of, you know, the medical service and the medical miracles that our family had been the beneficiary of for so many years. And I also sort of felt from a long term perspective that that was probably a good industry to to move into. So career. I did that a good career. So I moved into that and, and I moved to Atlanta from uh, Tallahassee. And that's where my healthcare services and technology career uh, began. And that's where I started learning about customer relationships and learning about, you know, kind of how to use a lot of the relationship skills my father taught me. And I just watched him. Uh, just around credibility and doing what you say you're going to do, you know, especially when no one's watching, um, you know, be a little bit earlier than you say, you know, on time is late. Those kind of things that I just remember being being taught by my dad. And, and that served me well in my first couple of years in um, in a kind of sort of a customer service, customer support role. And then the opportunity to, to move more into a marketing and a sales role. Uh, presented itself and I've pretty much been on that side of the universe uh, for the for the 25 years that I was with uh, this one company which uh, which ultimately led to the story behind the book which um, I'd love to move to and kind of because sure. that kind of ties the beginning sure. story to 
to kind of what's launched since then. Um, but before you so, do, before you yeah, do, sure. want to, um, mm -hmm. you said a, a several things right there, meaning from that accountability and going that extra mile. And those two uh, attributes of awareness are key to anything that you do, whether it was even being a musician or healthcare or writing and speaking and so forth, but it's about accountability and going that extra mile. And that's uh, such a key thing to have it in your spirit at a young age to then evolve with. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I think over the years, a couple of things that I'll, I'll take from, from mentors that have worked with me is that there's really two things you can never get back. One is time mm -hmm. and the other is your credibility. And so fighting to the death for your integrity, doing what you say you're going to do, especially if it's falling short of, of what you had, even, even if it comes to, I can't deliver on that. You know, I know we had that conversation. I can't, I'm not going to be able to deliver on that, but here's what I can do. It is sort of just paves the, the way for lasting relationships. And in my upbringing, in my background, you know, there, there's nothing better in a, in a sales opportunity and being a salesman or a sales leader than having a customer acquire from you again, a second time. That just says everything to the experience they had the first time they, that you had the opportunity and the honor to work with a new client is would they, would they work with you again? And that to me goes back to integrity, to credibility, to, to up, to standing up to things that might have fallen short and taking ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, so absolutely, everything you say, I 100% believe. Because, you know, the other th that you just used the word sales, I want to touch on that for a second because um, I've been in quote unquote sales all my business career on, you know, in one fashion or another. But sales is really about you, and you just said it, is about building that relationship because we're selling ourselves regardless, you know. Sell, you know, selling your child to go to bed on time, you know, you're um, whatever you're communicating with, you are selling yourself and building that relationship. And it's, uh, you know, people also um, ask me all the time, because again, I've created businesses and it's a, and service businesses and product businesses. And so, um, you know, how do you do this? My answer is always, you know, there's, structure yes in um you know having the background but mm -hmm. it's about building relationships with mm -hmm. people that will take you very very far A absolutely you know I, th there are some that industries i guess that don't necessarily require that or don't have a, the, the, as long a lasting need <clears throat> excuse me but for me that's what it's all about i mean the ability to go back into a client's uh, you know, office, go back to their business, go to their kids' soccer games. Not that, not that you are given business because you do that, but sometimes you're invited to do that as a result of the quality of the relationship that you have. True. And one of the things that, that uh, a really smart guy said to me one time when we were talking about our products and our features and the benefits we have, and, and it, it was all kind of focusing around me and that conversation of what we had. And he said to me, he said, Bruce, Stop selling your product and start selling the problem you solve. And that just changed my whole lens on thinking about how you approach it. Because, you know, I might be meeting with someone 
you know, and maybe it's a large opportunity and halfway into the conversation, I realize I don't have that. But if I know someone that does, or if I can make a connection between this potential customer I'm working with and someone who can serve them, that's almost as good as, as getting the business myself because I am extending and building a stronger relationship by, by saying, Hey, this isn't me. I've got someone though that I know that can help you. So Right. That sort of thing as well. You're solving yeah. the problem. At, uh, Sharon Lecter, her famous um, focus or statement is solve a problem, serve a need. And that's what you're saying is that you're identifying what their problem is and then you're figuring out. And like you said, even if you didn't have the, the tool or the product, you figured out how to help them. So solve yeah. a problem, serve a need. Absolutely. It's key. Right. It's right. fundamental. Right. So Absolutely. now are you still in the healthcare service business? Yes, I am. I still work actively in that business. Uh, and that, that keeps me uh, incredibly fulfilled. Uh, it's, it's a uh, sort of a, sometimes I feel like I've got a foot in two canoes, but, uh, but that's okay. That, that keeps me active and it keeps me learning and it keeps me fresh and definitely it keeps me challenged. So I am in that industry, but I'm also doing so much speaking, um, workshops, Zoom shops now, um, keynote work. A lot of it's remote right now, but uh, the company that I work for has has embraced me helping in some cases where a customer might have a conference, and I've been asked to go speak, and uh, I'm doing a lot of that. But it's it's a hybrid. I, I feel somewhat renaissance, not not like that's a a um, superstar label, but I do feel like in these times that we do, we need to do the things we need to do and. I mean, that sounds kind of cliche, but I mean, we also need to do our passion and we need to go after the things that really fulfill us. And I think the, the more that we are experiencing things, at least for me, the, the more things I'm interested in pursuing. Absolutely. It's, it's so, and especially, and it really isn't just today, but I think it's bringing awareness to uh, uh, assisting others with information. And this is like just even this show, and like you said, in um, uh, summits and uh, speaking Zooms uh, conferences and the like, we're um, helping people to understand that, uh, yes, it's uh, becoming much more of a digital world and it's going to stay that way and only become more so. So, you know, you can do it too. If we can do it, Bruce, they can do it, right? That's right. If I could figure out how to get on StreamYard like, and, and not have any glitches yet, fingers crossed, uh, anybody can do this stuff like every time like yesterday i was on a podcast now it was a whole new format because she i didn't see this person i'm like oh my god i hope i can do this well hello it was just pushing a button but again i <laughs> always you know because we're not used to this it's right. not you know our wheelhouse but so you um are a successful um individual in your career channel and so how did it start we're talking about that that you know um channel uh, that hybrid that going over to uh this new dynamic how did that all start well let's bring it all full circle mm -hmm. so my mother was incredibly positive my father had this passion for words and i had a career in the healthcare industry until i didn't one day after working for about three years to work on a large client relationship, renew and extend a business and grow a business deal. The day after I closed that account, mm -hmm. my position as vice president of client development within the company I was working was eliminated. 
Come on. I call, day after, the day after. Pretty much. A oh day to two days after. So I call that my, I call that my big thank you. Wow. Well, I, no, I call that my bam moment. I mean, that was when everything before it was in what we just described, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, bam, the whole world changed as it related to that perspective and that sort of role of my life. And that moment, it, what solidified for me was my mother's gratitude and my father's love of words. And I woke up the morning after that layoff with one word pounding in my head. I talked about this in my TED, but I'll share it here. Uh, one, the word that was pounding in my head was the word strong. And for some reason, I knew I had to be strong. I had to be strong for my family, for my, for my future, and strong for myself. So I had a nightpad by the bed, pad by the bed with pen and paper. I pulled the pad over. I wrote the word strong vertically. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at it for a minute. And it was probably sort of channeling my dad's love of words. And I looked at that word and I wrote a word to every letter in strong. And that became stand tall, remain optimistic. Now go for it. So I looked at that word and I realized something had to change, right? Because yesterday isn't today. It's gone. That's over. There's nothing I can do about that. And so I tried to find something that day to be strong for. And I did. I, it was, you know, just either making some phone calls or just try to be strong for my kids and my wife and just figure that out for that day. And then the next day I woke up and there was another word pounding in my head. And it was, you know, I think it was awesome. Today will be awesome. So I wrote it vertically and looked at it for a minute at the most and awesome became a wonderful experience, A-W-E, shall overwhelm my expectations, S-O-M-E. And that just blew up my world because I didn't know what once was okay, twice was, oh my gosh, okay, this happened again. And ultimately, this journal that I wrote went on for 420 consecutive mornings of waking up with the word pounding in my head. So it was absolutely the forging of the upbringing I had and the lessons I learned there put to, in my opinion, a, a divine pass through to write this journal, which then became a sharing of texts out to friends. Hey, here's a, here's a word for today. You know, it just kind of became this thing that I started sharing, which kept getting momentum. And people were just texting me back and saying, you know, I really needed the word calm today. And calm was catch a little moment, C-A-L-M. So I just wrote these words vertically and then horizontally I wrote either a phrase or a sentence. And as it, as it continued to grow, the demand for me doing something with this got stronger and stronger and stronger because I realized it wasn't me. It was something that was given to me as a gift to do two things. Number one, strengthen myself and get my mindset right. I really believe that the power of our words have a huge impact on our mindset, the direction we take, negative, positive, you know, our outcomes, our thoughts, our actions, everything. So, you know, the rest of the, the, rest of the story to get it to a book is kind of, you know, you figure out what you're going to do. There's a lot. I mean, that's a whole other section, another whole, whole other hour talk. Right. But we ended up with Above the Chatter, Our Words Matter which is the title of the book, which is a, co a collection of all 420 days of my writing organized in chapters around motivation, around um, inspiration, when the, when the batteries get low, um, the fact that you know, you're unique and embrace that, a chapter on leadership, a chapter on faith and 
that sort of thing. So that was sort of the next step was was um, that book, but it came out of this this dramatic this really traumatic thing in my life, and everybody has them, and it was big for me. I, I could say what it wasn't, but it was huge for huge. me, and I just had to figure it out. Huge on every level. I mean, financially, emotionally, uh, from your relationship uh, with your family, your wife, um, your own self-worth and why the why did this happen i mean all of those questions i'm saying these things as well for our guests because everyone is experiencing many of these things right now and um what is so important to hear from bruce's um story is that he allowed this is my in you know um perception um and gleaning from what you just shared is that you made a decision that you were not going to wallow in that very long. And you were not going to allow fear to uh, just overtake you of what am I going to do? Yeah, I'll I'll be completely transparent with you. Mm -hmm. The fear was there. The anxiety was there. The oh no, uh, the doubt in myself. I mean, I had had a pretty doggone good sales career up to that point. and yeah, all of those doubts and all of that set in and it was a struggle. And I'll, I will never say that it, oh, one word and a light switch went off and next thing you know. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was a battle. And, you know, I still, I, especially with what we're going through right now, I still believe that my faith and then, then my thoughts and my actions around that have everything to do with how I am able to overcome challenges or how I can take on new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Just speak a minute about faith. Uh, you uh, did you actually cognitively ask for guidance? Do you remember doing that? Do you remember speaking in a prayer fashion? Oh, to God for yeah. That? I mean, so for understanding mm-hmm. or strength. Um, and as this started, yes. Yeah, so a hundred percent. You know, I, my mom would always say everything works out for the best. Mm -hmm. So don't focus on the circumstances, Mm -hmm. focus on what you can do during them. Everybody has background. We either can call that our baggage Mm -hmm. or we can call it our treasure chest. Mm -hmm. So that was, again, the forging of all I could pull on was my background. That that's, that's it. I couldn't go, you know, read enough books on on self-help. I couldn't go do enough of that to, 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 to take the next step. I didn't have time. So I absolutely sought guidance. I, I prayed about it. I, I asked for direction. I, I, I said, it's, it's in your hands. I know, I know that this will be okay. Please give me the patience and the strength to believe that. <laughs> if that makes sense. I mean, yep. it, it's there, but, but did it get challenged? 100%. I remember talking to Bridget, my wife, saying, I, how come I can't catch a break, right? And then I realized that you make, you know, you kind of make your own, you kind of have to, you have to put yourself, you got the energy and those sorts of things. And, and uh, no, that hundred percent that I didn't, I didn't ask for the next word tomorrow. I just knew it came and I knew it was going to, I'd wake up and okay, what's it going to be today? You know? And and, yeah. But by that point you were, because you got that first word strength. And then from there you continued on. Uh, Did you, um, so how long after that did you um, get a, a job job? Fortunately, it was about 30 days. 
oh. it wasn't that bad, but the writing continued. So again, I think that's probably what created this hybrid Bruce of staying in my industry and continuing to do what I can to bring value and to contribute to that and, and give my 100% at that. But at the same time, I'm in hospitals all the time because mm-hmm. that's the industry that I'm in. And one of the things that we do is we take a book and we go to the reading center of the hospital and I say, can I meet the, you know, the family services director and I'd like to give you a book. So it, it, it has its sort of weaving together in, in its purpose. Um, so that's, uh, you know, so 30 how, days to find a job. Yeah. How, uh, so you were blessed, you know, but you were already in this channel of creativity and combining the two or beginning the hybrid Bruce. How long did it take for you? Because I know you did this at some point, saying that was the the best thing that happened to me to have that experience. Yeah, it um, it does take hindsight. I'll be I'll be I'll be honest with you, right? Um, but you know, some of some of my closest friends kind of whisper this in my ear, and I I do believe it. And that is, life doesn't happen to you; life happens for you. And so while I don't always get to understand the reason that I might be going through, you know, a dark place or or a struggle, all of that, that if I if I have the right attitude and mindset about it, that I know that I will have something that I will be stronger from by going through that. So, yeah, there was I here I have gotten to the point of wanting to. Actually, no, I haven't. I've gotten to the point of doing this where I've actually called the folks where that job ended and said, thank you. I mean, that that to me was kind of closure of letting go of the because there was every emotion. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was denial because there were 500 people let go the same day that I was right in the company downsizing. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You must mean somebody else. Right. There were probably a thousand names on that grease board that day and 500 got erased as those that were gonna be kept and mine stayed on the board. So there was all of that, all of this time I put, all of that, you had to go through that. Then there was the, what am I gonna do? And then there was the anger and then there was the denial and all those things that I think I had to go through. But no, I'm at such, if that wouldn't have happened, there wouldn't have been a book. We wouldn't be having that. You wouldn't want to talk to some guy who's a you know, sales guy in the trenches and just kind of doing his thing, right? I mean, it's no, been- no, Right, probably not, no, because this is about, a story to give encouragement to other people. Now, folks, right. I had no idea this was the uh, backstory of Bruce. Uh, I had no idea. But I want you to take a minute and share this out because this is so powerful, what Bruce is sharing right now in reference to his own fabulous career. He had 25 years with this company, had just closed the biggest deal of his career, and the next day he was let go. Now, in the natural, that makes no sense to me anyway. But, well, uh, but, yeah. but I mean, I'm sure there's factors to it, meaning, but the point is for your own emotion, it does, makes no sense. Right. So, um, so therefore, it, he, the tools that, and he shared, he, he, you know, had the opportunity to go and utilize the tools that he had been given by his family. And, uh, you know, and even if you didn't have a great family, there are people in our lives that have affected us positively. And uh, we learn from everyone. And that is my heart of why I do this, because I want people to see that um, it's 
it, everyone has a story. And as I shared, I had no idea. And it, so therefore, you know, we are here, Bruce, to help people to understand that totally. we are no different and that it, the, but the key is we don't stop. We right. don't stop. So let me give you maybe a little perspective from maybe Bruce's lens for a second. So we talked a little bit about, you know, grew up in a, in a family that was positive, you know, had the opportunities to play baseball and, and to be involved in music and other things. And yes, I was able to go to college and got all that taken care of and all this kind of stuff. But there's other, so, so let's just plant me there. Let's park that for a second. Okay. And then, and then you go to all these sales meetings where you have these national speakers and then you have this guy that comes up and, and tells you this amazing story about about the the ashes from which they rose, right? Mm -hmm. And you go, oh my gosh, how amazing is that? How inspirational and motivational is that? And when you're looking from Bruce's lens, you go, you've, I've had this conversation with myself. You had nothing but opportunity, Bruce there's more that you should have done. Like, why didn't you, why are you like comfortable in the middle? Like to be, you're okay, yeah. not like awesome off the charts. And I equate that to a phrase that I, I, I read recently, which was don't boil, don't make warm tea. So what that means is sort of being, being, nobody likes tea that's warm. They either like iced tea or they like piping hot tea. And I'm not talking about liking people or relationships. No. I'm talking about where I was in that moment was maybe I was just comfortable enough not to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I, I, I don't want it to sound like, you know, everything was, was great and perfect and all, because in that, in that comes somewhat of a, a challenge or a, a, a risk of being complacent. Mm -hmm. That, hey, I'm okay. At least it's not that, right? Or you know, I know it may not be the super duper high level of massive goals, but I think a lot of folks, and personally I, was probably in that space of, okay, another year, another quota. Okay, that's all right. It's going to be tough. We'll figure it out. But mm -hmm. but, but how long, for, for me, that ended up not being completely fulfilling, but I wasn't willing to do enough about it. And then I had to. So. Maybe, the, I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone oh. out there, but it's it's a different place that maybe some folks can relate to. Well, I think also, meaning just to take it from today, is that there are millions of people, and I hope we reach millions of people, but there are millions of people that have a, a lovely life, but they have not been challenged to push it on, and they know deep in the heart of Connecticut, Long Island, and Texas, and wherever you are, Bruce, Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, that's what I assume, is that that's okay. And it is okay mm -hmm. because you can make those differences without having, you know, um, things like that happen to you. But it is, I think that's one of the byproducts of what's going on right now. It's being bringing awareness to people to, you know, I love your analogy of the T. I, th I thought also of a steam engine, meaning a steam engine, well, that's going back in archives, but <laughs> meaning if you didn't, heat up the steam the engine wouldn't work it wouldn't move right. and so it's i think it truly is a, it, this whole dynamic is giving people the opportunity to a count their blessings but b to see wow what would i do in a time of real challenge and yeah, so, to really question yeah. that 
Yes. Yeah. And, and I think for me, you know, maybe it was a wake up call. Maybe it was something. So when you were kind of going back to, you know, have you let go of that or whatever? And that I said, well, it was probably one of the best things that happened because, you know, lighting a fire, um, you know, some, the spark will come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, some of us build the spark on our on our own and others, it, it sort of lands on us. And then we have the responsibility uh, or, you know, we have the obligation to deal with it somehow. And in my opinion, it's the responsibility to kind of make the most of it as I was raised like my parents did. They made the. I remember, I'll, I'll never forget this. There's an article written in, um, in Red Book magazine about my mom back in the many, many years ago. And, and the end of the article was they, after all of this and after all of the, you know, the recovery, two or three years and all the medical bills, they had l less than $2 in their savings account. Mm -hmm. And then like the water heater went out. And uh, the quote of my dad in that article was, well, it's just a water heater. We've been through enough. <laughs> and so I, I kind of had that perspective that, yeah. you know, that's okay. At least stuff, if stuff doesn't test you, it's difficult to grow. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we test ourselves and sometimes tests are put upon us. That's right. That's right. So now back to the book. So you started writing these, you were given these words, you started doing your anachronisms and you started sharing these out with friends and others. And the feedback was coming in and it was exciting on some level, I'm sure, uh, because you could see it was touching others. You had your new job, so you were building that as well. Mm -hmm. But how did you compile all of this? Because people ask that all the time. You know, I have a book in me, but I probably will never write it. Or how do you, you know, how do you write mm -hmm. a book? You know, yeah. So how did that evolve to that? Meaning from well, your journal to that? Yeah. Well, so the journal, the journal was this. The journal was my phone. I used the notes. I wrote, got up. I wrote the word. There it was. So that's kind of the, the download of that. And, you know, it, it, it sounds maybe a little bit boring, but I ended up having, you know, 400 words. I went to a coffee shop one day, got a big table, and I said, okay, this has to become some sort of chapter orientation. So I just looked at each word and kind of laid it into these, into these piles and said, okay, that, that makes sense. That sounds like a, a values chapter. You know, that sounds like a leadership chapter. I wrote every day of the week, and I wrote every month of the year. So that was logical. A day of the week and a in a in a month of the year chapter. Uh, so I, I assembled the raw content, if you will, mm -hmm. that way to start with. Then I, I went through, and I'll I'll do this pretty quickly. Uh, I went through the three sort of options that were available to me at the time. One was send it to some uh, someone in New York in you know publishing houses and see if there's some or wherever they would be, you know, a dozen, twenty, thirty, a hundred, and um, and do that. Uh, the other was to purely self-publish, which at the time, which was you know several years ago, um, I, I wasn't confident enough that I could get through all of that without making some mistakes that would cause me challenges long term. And I didn't even know what those could be. Um, it was very inexpensive, but it was risky to me. And so I landed on what's called um, hybrid publishing, where you actually have and hire company to work with you to get you from your content or your story through all the steps to do that. It's very turnkey oriented. So that's where I landed. Uh, the company was called On Fire Books Leadership Company, and the publisher was Clovercroft Publishing out of Nashville. And we just, we worked together and I sent the, I sent the transcript to On Fire and with the question, I would like your guidance on 
you know, I'd like, I'd like 15 minutes of your time. If we could just chat about what this is. And I got an email back, a phone call. They said, we want to work with you on your book. So that was just, you know, kind of finding what I felt like was the right place to, to partner. Yeah, uh, so that's how, endorsement. That, mm-hmm. that's how that, that's how that came together on actually getting the book put together. And, you know, the, the joke there is, you know, anyone could write a book. No, it's difficult to write a book, getting it published. Well, that's a whole nother story, right? I mean, it, 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 it was, and it was such a learning process. And, and one of the things I do now is I like, I love to talk about this because there's so many folks that if you have a book in you, um, you know, you need to do it. And there's questions that I like to ask folks about it when they're contemplating it and thinking it through and, and maybe helping them find a place where maybe it can land and, and, um, and actually do it. Cause there's so many ways to do it now. Yeah, there are. It's, it's so much more available to everyone than years ago. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah, really. yeah, I put yeah. my book up. I had a very dear friend who knew what he was doing and he had done this uh, before and he put it up on Amazon and then he charted out a course and he just said, okay, this is what you're going to do, you know? <laughs> and um, I followed his instructions and just, um, and it, you know, touched enough people and uh, went to number one, um, January 4th of this year. Well, that's so, great. Yeah. So it's, it was, a, it's been, and, but like you, it's um, a tool. It's a tool for, you know, sharing um, and, and helping others. And during the, it's on Amazon, it is, and you can buy it there, but I put it on my website in April uh, because I felt it would help people, you know, because mm-hmm. it's called Hope and Possibilities just over yeah. the horizon. So, yeah. um, so you can go to my website and get that. So, okay. So you put, uh, published your book yeah. and, um, and so ha- from there to, and you started speaking, I'm sure, and re- people reaching out a, a bit. And then how did the Ted talk come about? Yeah. I never even thought about that. And oh, just on the, on the distribution as well. I, I also have mine on Amazon and all the others, but and just like you, I have mine on my website above the chatter, ourwordsmatter.com. And I like to sign every copy that it, I do sign every copy that's purchased off my site. Um, it, anyone can buy it anywhere they want to, but I, I like to do that because again, I feel like the book was a gift to me. So I like, I like to do that. So, so um, the, the company that I worked with on my book um, went about securing uh, the, the, a TEDx uh, license, I guess it's called, or a franchise in a given city. And I was one of probably, I don't know, 500 to 750 people that were invited to audition. Um, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, framework and format around the content of a TED. You know, it can't, it can't self-promote. It can't have any dogma. It can't be any claims that aren't substantiated by science. Um, you know, it's really, it, it, it's not a platform for a pitch. It's a platform for an idea worth sharing. Mm-hmm. And so when I got the invitation to do it, I, I it was a real challenge because um, I, I sort of knew what I wanted to articulate, but I wasn't necessarily sure how to do it. Mm-hmm. So for the our, our audition process, there was uh, there were two aspects to it. The first was to record a three minute video of, of your talk. Now, remember, a TED talk can be up to, I think, 18 minutes, but it can't go over that. But they, but they didn't want to, you know, hi, I'm Bruce Pulver. I'd really like to do a TED Talk. This is what my book's about. You had to, you had to really get yourself into that red circle for mm-hmm. three minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I worked pretty hard on, you know, what would I, 
what would I articulate? And, and again, it's, it's the idea we're sharing and the way that we were coached on it was think about potentially touching a million lives. If you could do that, what would you want to talk about? Okay. And what, what idea would you want to share? So that helped me formulate that three minute audition. And then we were invited to, to Texas to actually do an audition in person for a judging uh, you know, selection committee of about 13 or 14 judges. And in that case, we got a whopping five minutes to get up. And so we got to double the length of our talk from three to almost three to five minutes. And no introductions, no, hi, this is Bruce, or this is so-and-so, this is who he is, this is what he's done. It's like, okay, next speaker, this is Bruce Paul Bergo. Yeah. And you just had to do it. And they went through their, their process. They took video apps. They took in-person apps. Um, then you did that, that uh, secondary audition. And we always talked about it in um, – you know, in, in, when, in the early job recruiting perspective, where if you got the thin, the thin letter, it meant it was a rejection letter. If you got the thick letter, it meant it had the offer letter with the benefits and all this kind of stuff. So I, my response on that was I was fortunate enough to get the thick letter, which said, you know, here are the dates and here's what comes next and, and all of that. So it was for me, and that was the only one that I'd ever really reached out and, and thought about doing. Uh, but so some of the coaching that we got about preparing, which I would offer to anyone that's that, you know, has an idea we're sharing, they really want to do this, is go watch at least 100 TED Talks. Just watch them. No judgment. Just just watch them. And you'll start getting some understanding to those, especially ones that have high numbers of views. Mm -hmm. um, the approach, the, the, the way the story is told, uh, because it is a storytelling type of process mm -hmm. with facts and things in there. Um, and just... Think about presenting your material in that way, because a lot of us like to talk about what we know. Mm -hmm. And this is more of an idea that you want folks to walk away with and almost like it becomes their idea at the end. So, yeah, Great that's how that happens. Bruce, uh, as I'm listening to you and as I've shared with you personally, you know, it is something I'd like to work towards. But uh, I'm as we're winding down 2020 and um, working on many things that I had had goals for, um, I think I'm going to put that on my goal list to watch 100 TED Talks and start to prepare. Yeah, I, I mean, 100 TED Talks at 14 minutes. What's that? 1400 hours? You know, maybe it's one. It's maybe it's maybe it's one series of Netflix that you don't binge watch and you just watch TED. You can find the time somehow, right? Or you can even do it while you're walking, right? I mean. Exactly. A 30 minute walk, you're going to get two TED Talks in. So, um, you know, you can break it down to, I, I love to break things down to the minute ridiculous yes. because you can get so much accomplished when you do that. It is. It's breaking things down into small, manageable parts. Yeah. I educate from that position and train from that position because otherwise everything is overwhelming and you do nothing. So break it down into small, manageable parts. Yeah. So what are you, go what is on the horizon uh, for you at this uh, point? Anything? Yeah, well. Well, the speaking engagements are starting to pick up again, and we're doing a lot of Zoom uh, word shops. I call them a word shop because I, I, I'll do a talk, and then I do what I call an activational activity, where I, I, I show people the way that I constructed my words mm -hmm. and go through a formal process. It's, a, it's not a long one, but for folks to write their own word. Oh, and then talk about its power when they did that. Uh, that that's I'm doing a, doing an awful lot of those. Um, I've got a couple of talks booked already next year that are going to be in person. So I'm keeping my 
my, my fingers crossed. Uh, every morning, actually five days a week, I don't do it on Saturday and Sunday, but every morning on my uh, Facebook and Instagram page above the chatter Bruce Pulver, I am posting a, motiv- a new motivational word. I call it mindset messages. Okay. Um, so you can follow me out there. I just, I write them, I usually write them in the morning or maybe I'll grab one from the book, uh, something that, that motivates me or, or inspires me. And I, I just post them out there. So I'm trying to keep, you know, keep giving and keeping the, the message of how powerful our words are, mm-hmm. are uh, out there. So that, and I've been, you know, I'm doing a lot of these. I'm so grateful that you've had me on today. There's a, there's a podcast that I have um, been doing now for about, uh, 12 weeks. It's a couple of guys out of amazing guys out of California, and it's a faith based podcast called EYF. So that's exercise your faith, EYFpodcast.com. And I do a Wednesday, a word of the day Wednesday. They actually refer to me as the Shakespeare of the South some for some reason. And we take a word and we align it with a verse in the Bible. Oh. And we talk about, you know, how does how does thankful fit yes. in and what does it mean to be thankful? And then we, we tie a, a verse to that. And that's been incredibly just personally rewarding to be able to really weave those and tie those two things together. Well, we'll put, you've shared a lot of where to find you and things you're doing. But if we miss something, do read the text and just uh, message us and we'll add it back because that's an important one right there you know, to uh, follow you at, you know, we're friends on Facebook, but I am going to go back now every morning and look at your word. I'm going to. Well, I'll tell you this, and I know we're kind of running towards the end. I can go forever. So you just shut me down when this is over, but no, I have my, yeah. I have my special clothes. So I'm just, I wanted to see, cause I can't see and I don't want the glare. So I just wanted to make sure we had, you know, the time. Perfect. Here. Well, okay. you know, when, when the, when the pandemic hit, hit me back or everybody, but it was February, March timeframe. Mm-hmm. I mean, my uh, number of phone calls made in the denominator to number of phone calls answered or returned in the numerator almost went to zero. I mean, I was making calls like crazy and I just realized that, you know, hospitals and my clients are more, in, more concerned rightfully so with taking care of patients than they were you know, the types of things that, that I could do business with them on. So I said, what can I do? So I started writing again and I created an email list of about 500 clients and started just on Monday through Friday before eight o'clock, just sending out the mindset message by email. So it's available on my it's social media pages, but I also send it out to email. What I realized about two weeks ago is that three of my clients are sending it out to 1,500 people a day beyond me. So the ripple effect of that is insane. So if anybody wants to get on that email list, it's not anything I publish. Mm -hmm. You know, they can message me on Facebook, send me uh, their email address, and I just just try to keep it short and sweet and send a word out that then can be shared you know, because everybody can't necessarily share social media around coworkers and that sort of thing. But it's an email that uh, all it has on it is that and the link to my TED and a, and a thank you. That's about it. Well, put me on your list. You have my email. So uh, you bet. I'll do it. So I close the show with a question. And it, really, the genesis of this is the book Three Feet from Gold by Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed. Uh, have you read that book? I have not. Okay. It's on my list now. Okay. And it is it is a very, very well done book on so many levels. 
but it starts with a story about this gentleman who was during the gold rush time and he was from the east coast and he decided he was going to strike you know his gold and so he moved out to wherever bought a um a uh, vein so to speak or an area to chisel away at and he started doing just that and he was working 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 and nothing was coming up and he'd go into town for his supplies and he you know people got to know him and he kept working 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 and finally one day he said this is absurd and he gave up and he sold this um little pot of tear his part of the earth to a local guy who had been watching him and he went back to the east coast and the uh, man that bought but he had done all the work and this other man started chiseling away and in three feet he struck gold mm -hmm. so i.e three feet from gold Got now it. it that's the opening and then it goes in to um you know other points and it's a great great read but sharon has what she calls her success formula in it and the success formula is your passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success and she speaks about that and there's chapters in it and workbook and so not workbook but a um, work that you can do with that but i'm not going to ask you because you, you've mentioned many of those in this hour but what i am going to ask you is what would you say and you mentioned this earlier what is your you didn't identify it but you you mentioned the word passion what is your passion and what do you think your talent is oh wow well for, for some reason my passion is about seeing others reach their potential mm. because i know it's in everyone i mean I, I've, I've seen it and, and seeing those especially those that maybe doubt themselves or have a limiting thought or belief is trying to find a way to help them reach more of it ultimately all of it but helping folks reach their potential that would be my passion absolutely my talent i think that one of the things that i am pretty good at which i've developed over time is the ability to listen to understand not to listen to respond or listen to take the opposite position and i think those two things combined have really helped me as i am on my passion of helping folks to reach their potential mm -hmm. without a doubt without a doubt well you're a treasure bruce pulver thank you for joining me today and I know that people who have and listened today, but also who will be listening to this in replay will be blessed by your story. Truly has blessed me, and I know it will bless others. And I truly thank you for joining us. And Megan, stay, stay with in the green room, and I'll be right back with you. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, everyone. Make it a great weekend. Wow, what a story. What, you know, to me, as I shared, I always learn from my guests, your guests, um, and it is was a true, true blessing to listen to Bruce's story and glean from his information of what transpired in his life from a young at birth through today and what he's doing 
for all of us. So go, we'll have all that information in the text and you go and find his information and follow him, his book, listen to his TED talk and all of his daily words because words do matter. So thank you for joining us today. And we will see you Monday on Teach, Motivate, and Inspire. But before you leave, please do share this out. And as you do, just do some emojis. We love that. Facebook loves that. Truly appreciate that. And you probably saw this on my personal page, uh, Megan DiMartino Facebook. But I also have a business page that I'm building with everything that I'm doing today. Of, of executive coaching and consulting. And I have a course coming out with business and many other things. So I look forward to sharing those with you and also having you with me Monday on Teach, Motivate, and Inspire. And next Friday at 4 p.m. Central for our Unique Leaders Live when my guest will be the one and only Glenn Lundy. So I'm so excited about having Glenn with me next Friday. It's kind of a Thanksgiving marathon. I'm so excited about that. So we'll see you Monday and have a blessed weekend. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at MeganDiMartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, hope and possibilities just over the horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.